0: The banking sector faces a significant challenge in embracing digital transformation as it is crucial to align with the contemporary expectations of customers who demand swift, efficient and user-friendly services. Our data strategies no longer suffice for today's consumers. Now, when customers feel understood, appreciated and served with their offerings that precisely meet their needs, they're more likely to remain loyal to the bank advocate for its services, and continue to engage its long-lasting, mutually beneficial relationship. My goodness, how much I needed this last week, Friday. Yeah, bad experience with my bank. Terrible experience. The impact of technology on the future of digital banking, you would imagine. Digital technology, in the banking sector especially, should make lives more convenient. The question is, does it? Does it speak to inclusion? Does it speak to using technology effectively to bring people into the mainstream and to control conversations around finances and currency that allow, through effective deployment of technology in the context of algorithms, create data for government and other important institutions to plan better. What is the impact of technology on the future of digital banking and how can this, in the public interest, be something that really can fulfill many unfulfilled otherwise a promise let's have this conversation then with dr shahim patel head of school commerce and management that is at regent business school doc good evening thank you so much for joining us welcome
1: good evening and thank you so much for having me
0: plenty to talk about i don't propose to ask you specific questions but share with us some of the things that are available to us through technology in financial services banking in particular that by design certainly can make some serious inroads in the socio-economic disparities we are experiencing as a country.
1: Yeah, I think it's an important uh, discussion to be having, and especially heading into the festive season where spending becomes uh, a big issue, heading into a Black Friday season as well, mm. um, which, which essentially in many ways is being driven by a digital agenda. So yeah, I think the timing of this conversation is quite good. Um, I, th- I, I guess for me, you know, uh, digital banking and its inclusion – uh, and its propensity to to get more people into the formal banking sector must begin with an understanding of what exactly is meant by digital. Because I think we take some of the, the terminology and jargon around technology for granted sometimes, and uh, sometimes it's just a, a good idea for us to just uh, take a look back and what do we mean by digital. So for me, I think you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a mix of software and hardware that comes together to bring services to people of a different nature. And, and it's no longer just the case of um, you know digital uh, getting a loan digitally or storing money or saving money at a bank or financial institution digitally absolutely i think it ex- it extends far beyond that and, and the world we live in right now, uh, which is sort of dotted um, with things like cryptocurrencies and it 's dotted with things like the blockchain and so many other technological um terminologies which is not really accessible to many people so i think that this idea of digital banking um is one that is multifaceted it it's one that is complex and and complicated and requires a lot of delineation delineation in, uh, in conversations like this
0: how do we or what is available to us but is not being deployed effectively i mean i would imagine with okay forget the fact that these that these are just stealing cables and battery towers and then just disrupting otherwise potential technological advances. Let's assume everything that is true. I mean, let's assume everything that is good is indeed true and is available. Why is it that yet those who would previously or historically have been outside, and I'm not talking black and white questions, I'm talking about people who just haven't had access to education or who were born before technology or typically wouldn't have been exposed to the things that perhaps people in this conversation typically might be, why does it seem that the more technology advances some, the more, by extension, it disables and continues to disable others? I mean, can you imagine being alive in 2023, 20th of November, without a smartphone, without email, without online banking services, without being, accessed, without being able to access news online, without being able to engage the facilities of technology. And then specific to this, from engaging one's finances and growth economically, digital banking services and the like, fintech is a term that's used, somebody who doesn't participate there, that person, whilst they might have peace of mind, but they probably have it to their detriment.
1: Yeah, I I think you're touching on on a number of issues, right? And for me, um, there are a number of and several demographics that have been excluded from technology and technology advancements, number one. Mm. And certainly, number two, the applications of their technology in the banking and financial services sector. So I think those sort of groupings and demographics, as one stratifies them, uh, there are several, right? Um, But let's take an example more broadly of how um, large proportions or large sectors of the population might be excluded from some of these things. I think if you think about any technological advancement, it typically happens in an urban area. Anything new that happens might happen in a big city somewhere in South Africa, typically one of your big metros, Johannesburg, Durban, Cape Town, almost as the center of uh, technological advancement. And it makes sense if one thinks about it, because that's typically where a lot of money is is located, a lot of skill is located. And then when you contrast that with sort of rural areas where there is less of that, at least ostensibly, right? Yeah, so ostensibly. one would see technology being rolled out from an inner city outwards to the external parts of a city. And then over a longer period of time it may find its way somehow into some of the more rural areas, right? And so that's a that by design, just the way technology gets so called rolled out. Is a is a problem, and almost preempting the question, how do we solve that problem? Uh, one would say that can we not find solutions where we can start to create and generate technological advancements in a rural area and roll those um, technological advancements into the urban areas? Such that there will be a less likelihood of some rich people or educated people in a city being left behind from a technological uh, perspective, and that that sort of logic would probably ring true for any technological advancement, let alone one in the financial services and banking sector.
0: What is an important facet on the, or, or rather, of digital transformation specifically now, to 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 summarise the essence of what you're talking about. To the banking sector, what are we seeing or what is currently in deployment, but perhaps the results are yet to be seen? Or even some success stories of digital banking, technology, and all of these things coming together where, for instance, people in your industry sort of be like, there we did something good. Look at it flourish.
1: Yeah, And it might be obvious,
0: but until it is said, it probably just remains benign and unrecognized
1: as such. No, definitely. And I think it's such an exciting time uh, in the banking sector for exactly some of the reasons that you just pointed out. I think I'll use um, the terminology uh, that's familiar to most, which is now an API. You might have heard of an API for various um, computer softwares. And essentially an API stands for Application Program Interface. What it does is it allows one ecosystem of software to interface and interact with another. So your banking interface and your banking uh, ecosystem might start to speak to the retail ecosystem, or it might start talking to the insurance ecosystem. And all of a sudden, um, banking services starts to become a lot more all-encompassing. And, you know, there's there's some really good examples in South Africa as well, where the sort of blurring of the lines of industries are becoming more and more deliberate. You have a cell phone company, which is also a bank, but a bank which also provides some cell phone uh, and data services and the like. You've got an insurance company that offers banking and banking in the insurance and healthcare mixed in between all of those things. And I think that, for me, is just the power of a simple technology like an API, probably with a lot more heavy tech sitting behind that. But certainly it's an example of how our lives as consumers of the banking services and products that are out there, our lives are improving because we, we, we have now the power of choice. We have the power of competition, Mm -hmm. new entrants into these markets which are coming in sort of almost, you know, in the startup uh, type style banks, which don't even look and feel like banks, to be honest. And they're offering services which enhances our opportunity of choice. As consumers. So I think that's really one example that I can think of as a, as a starting point around how it's really um, the impact of transformational digital uh, banking services has, has positively impacted the consumer. If I think beyond that, uh, there's, there's also the idea of banking services becoming more and more personalized. Uh-huh. Um, banks are starting to understand their customers in ways that was previously not possible. And it's technology that is made, that's making it possible. So t- banks are now starting to understand what your customer really needs. In their I would life.
0: include what, um, cell phone companies in that as well because they know exactly what your activities are against absolutely. your zero-whatever number, yeah?
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, you know, by by now, you, you and everybody else listening would have had a conversation with somebody about something, and, and the next thing you knew, uh-huh. your advert on your cell phone is is exactly about the thing you spoke about. And Did so you it, just say,
0: it, without saying it, that your cell phone is a microphone?
1: Um, I'm not a technology <laughs> expert, but I'm yeah. I'm you know the computer. answer to that question, Sam. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, look. Ultimately, I think I think you know when when people read terms and conditions. We, t- we tend to gloss over them, but if you actually ever were to read a lot of your terms and conditions, especially on social media platforms, which, by the way, have a very strong fintech flavor to them nowadays mm-hmm. anyway, but those terms and conditions are really far reaching and, and, and they, have, they, they actually have serious implications, you know. But the, the, the sort of philosophy around it is I'm all in or all out. If I'm going to uh, expose myself, so to speak, and expose my data to um, uh, whether it be a bank or a social media house mm. or a cell phone mm. company, I'm going to enjoy the benefits that come with it. Yes, there might be some downside to it, but it's your appetite for risk at the end of the day which will ultimately dictate and define which direction one might take.
0: I've got literally 30 to 40, Well, I'll give you a minute and no more, please. Blockchain yeah. is a term that has been used quite a lot recently. Do you just want to briefly contextualize blockchain in the context of financial services
1: yeah sure so and, I'll and, and, the, and its value
0: obviously to financial services or to the consumer or both the retailer. yeah so sure I'll, I'll
1: try and summarize it like you say in a minute or less but essentially the blockchain is a decentralized system where they talk about a distributed ledger which is publicly available to practically anybody and it's it's broke it's made up by a series of blocks on a chain, so to speak. And every time there's a new block on the chain, um, it's almost impossible for someone to tamper with the previous block. And by that way, the chain becomes very, very reliable. And because it's publicly available, that, that strengthens the system. And because it's decentralized, that's where the benefit lies, because there's less need for an intermediary, meaning a normal bank, uh, systems of financial uh, products and, and services are now more increasingly uh, readily available, rather. And that means that for the customer, uh, ease and convenience is really, really, really strong. To give you two quick examples, cross-border systems and cross-border payments on the blockchain are becoming increasingly popular now, which means that there's a decolonization of the way that we, we do business with other countries and specifically in Africa, so there's lots of opportunity for the application of, of blockchain technology in cross border payments. Another one, very briefly, is the idea of smart contracts on the blockchain. Um, you know, if previously you'd apply for a draw for a loan or a home loan or a car loan, and it might take several hours or days for it to be processed. And now, in the blockchain, those things are uh, happen a lot more quickly, especially with the use of AI in conjunction with blockchain and i think those are some of the salient features and and, uh, benefits of the blockchain in financial services
0: let me leave it there your enthusiasm man is so infectious at this time who wonders where you get it from but (laughs) that's exactly why you're the head of school and commerce and management at regent business school dr shahim patel brother thank you so much for your time i do appreciate it thank you lovely talking to you and i hope to talk to you again soon you shall like that i can promise you you absolutely shall (laughs) we'll find another angle and we'll engage and i just love your enthusiasm certainly appreciate it
1: lovely thank you so much